his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. All right, it's a Wednesday, but we're treating this like a Friday with uh, buffer music and uh, our attitude and everything. I'm Scoot on the air. Happy Thanksgiving. Glad you're with us. I was really shocked to hear that story in, in the news with Dave Cohen just now about uh, Hall and Oates. Um, Dave is uh, still in the news. Say room. it isn't so, Dave. That was a, yeah, that was a, um, a surprising. Well, you know what? Honestly, I'm not that surprised because the last time I I, I was with these guys, I, I saw them backstage it was at Smoothie King Center, and they had separate dressing rooms. Yeah, it seems like they're out of touch, and they don't yeah. make each other's dreams come true. I like that. I like the way you work that in there. Um, back <laughs> got in three song titles in that one little. Sentence. Yeah, uh, they had well, they had so many hits oh yeah uh, they were just uh, huge but you know i was i was surprised that they uh, had separate uh, dressing rooms and, and and john was in his dressing room reading a book and daryl was in his dressing room doing his hair and um you know it just it's it's sad I, they were really close at, at one point and daryl was really quick in that interview that you that you played yeah uh, from that Bill podcast Moore. yeah it really was he was oh we're not partners well we're business partners you know, it was like, wow, but we're yeah. not creative partners. There's I, tension there. I always thought that in the late 80s when Daryl Hall did a solo album. Ian, can you pull up um, the song yeah. Foolish Pride by Daryl Hall? Daryl Hall did a solo album in the uh, the late 80s, maybe around around 86, I think it was. And he had, had a couple of hits off of it, and uh, I it, it didn't make it. I mean, it it was okay, but it it wasn't a huge success, and it did not lead to Daryl's solo career, which I think is what he was hoping for. And I always felt like when he came back from that, he was a little indignant about sort of having to admit that he needed John Oates to be part of Hall and Oates, and that he didn't make it on his own. Yeah, have you seen uh, Live from Daryl's House, the yes. TV show? Yes, I have. You kind of get the feeling also there that he's really just trying to ally himself with all these amazing artists and prove that he belongs in that number by himself because John's never mentioned on that program. Yeah. This is what, this is one of the, the hits from um, Daryl Hall's album. I, I think the name of the album was uh, Downtown Life. I know that was one of the, the, the big hits, but uh, Three Hearts in the... Okay, the album Three Hearts in the Happy Ending Machine. Okay, all right. Um, but the song <laughs> Not was, such a happy uh, ending after no. all. So I was Foolish Pride, and this was a, a semi-hit back in the 80s. And, and I'll tell you, Daryl Hall had some really good music on that, that album, uh, but it did not launch his uh, solo career. And after that, when they came back, I always kind of had a feeling that he resented having to, have to, having to be Hall & Oates. Slaps. Yep.
All right, Dave, thanks for the uh, information. Hall and Oates, uh, yeah, so they're a restraining order. Daryl Hall's got a restraining order against John Oates. Well, he, he doesn't want him to, to to sing some of the songs that they were saying. I, I don't know what well, it's all it's, about. It's, it's about finances, and they haven't yeah. released a lot publicly yet, but it, it concerns either a contract or a debt. But Billboard yeah. says little else is known. Uh, because it's been filed under seal for the time being. So we'll have to wait and get the further details. All right, Dave, thanks. And yeah, when I saw them on, on stage at the Smithy King Center, after seeing them backstage in separate dressing rooms, um, it, it wasn't the same. Watching them on stage wasn't the same, knowing that they sort of had this this um, separation uh, between them. And I remember the first time I met them, um, I did a TV interview with them. I was doing um, TV interviews for um, uh, WYS, a public television station here. And I did a TV interview with them when they were first uh, starting out. Uh, Private Eyes had not even come out yet. And um, I was going to meet them for lunch. And we met for lunch at Brennan's. I was going to take them, take them to lunch. So we sit down, and again, this is kind of early in their career, and it was early in my career as well. So there's me and John Oates, uh, John Oates, Daryl Hall and John Oates sitting at a table at Brennan's. Now, I'm not uh, saying this is Brennan's today, but anyway, they totally ignored us. I mean, we just, we're not being weighed on. Daryl Hall got really antsy, and then he got pissed, and we got up and walked out, and I ended up eating a hot dog with Daryl Hall and John Oates on the corner of a Bourbon and, and Iberville, or go, go Bourbon and Conte, <laughs> one, of those, one of those corners. I love that story. It, it is a, it's, it's, a, it's a great story, and, you know, it was, so, um, it was so cool back then to see them then, and uh, again, I was disappointed when I saw them so separate when they were here uh, before. All right, it's uh, Free For All Wednesday, so we've got a couple of things to, uh, to get to. If you do want to join us with a comment, the Oakwood Art Jewelers Talk and Text Line is 504-260-1870. I'm looking forward to football tomorrow. A lot of good football on tomorrow and then Friday. Uh, I think Tulane plays on, on Friday. I'll have to, I'll have to check. Would you check that, Ian? I, I know Tulane plays their final game this weekend against UTSA, University of Texas at San Antonio. Yeah, kickoff is Friday at 2.30 against UTSA. Okay, cool. And then um, LSU ends the season against Texas A&M. You know, that's not going to be just a gimme game. I mean, Texas A&M has, has some talent. But I would love to see Jaden Daniels continue to uh, work his way toward being the front runner in the uh, run for the Heisman. And uh, Brian Kelly, his coach, says that he is clearly the, the front runner. He's a better runner than the other two uh, quarterbacks who are up for it. But, you know, we'll see what happens over the weekend. And then uh, Sunday, the Saints uh, take on the Falcons in Atlanta. Saints coming off a bye week. That's not always good for the Saints. I don't have the stats in front of me, but the Saints have come off a bye week. And you think they're going to be rested. They're going to be ready to go. And it's like they're still resting. And they just don't come out with passion. They're going to have to come out with passion on the road in Atlanta against the Falcons. Saints are five and five. Falcons are four and six. And, you know, we need to uh, we need to beat them. And then we need to come back here and uh, take care of business in the uh, Caesar Superdome. All right. uh, Let's go to uh, David in Atlanta. David, welcome to WWL. Happy Thanksgiving to you and uh, Ian and uh, all the listeners. Uh, and what I miss most on Thanksgiving is my dear mother's oyster dressing. Uh-huh. Scoot, I want to honor some military her- courageous soldiers in the European theater in World War II, United States Army soldiers who never received any recognition in history. I want to give you two examples. I heard someone on a cable channel the other day say the only African-Americans who served in combat in World War II in Europe was in Italy. That's not true. The 333rd Field Artillery Battalion was made up entirely of African-American soldiers. They fought at the bloodiest battle the United States forces fought in World War II at the Battle of the Bulge. 
they took huge casualties, and the artillery is what's targeted by the enemy. Many of these African-American soldiers took huge casualties. Many were captured. Many were tortured and died of disease and starvation in German prison camps. Only a few made it back alive to the United States. That's not taught in history. And I would give you another example. The battalion in the European theater in World War II of United States military soldiers, the battalion that received the most unit citations, took the most casualties, and they were absolutely feared by the Germans, was a battalion made entirely of Japanese-American United States soldiers. Hmm. And again, that's not taught in history. And it's a shame. David, I I appreciate that you bring that up. And and for those people who are freaking out over changing history, we're not changing history. We're, we're, We're talking about promoting the history that we were never taught. And African-Americans historically have not been given the credit they deserve. There are few African-American figures who, who, who got attention, but there were countless African-Americans who didn't get the attention they deserved. And they were a, a, a more integral part of the overall development and advancement of America than we were led to believe with, with what we were taught in school. And, Scoot, I heard Professor Ambrose say he was friends with um, George McGovern. George McGovern, who flew bombing missions over Nazi-occupied Europe, George McGovern would talk to the Tuskegee Airmen, the African-American pilots that escorted the bombers back to England. They would talk on the radio, and Stephen Ambrose said the black pilots would tell the American pilots, the bomber pilots and crew, don't worry, we're going to get you white boys back to England safe. That's, that's, that's cool. I mean, they, they really were together on, on that level. David, I'm glad you called the show, and I'm glad you brought that up. So, you know, don't be led to believe that there are people out there trying to change history. They're just trying to teach us the history we were never taught. All right, I can't wait to tell you um, about the Stones concert. You know, the Stones announced that they're on their North American tour, which does include a stop at Jazz Fest Thursday, May the 2nd. That was the big news this week. Uh, Jazz Fest uh, officials announced the Rolling Stones will have a day to themselves. One day, Rolling Stones, one stage to worry about. Thursday, May the 2nd, and the Stones have announced their full 2024 North American tour. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, but there's an interesting aspect of this that um, deserves mentioning. (laughs) I'll do that in just a few minutes. Let's go to Slidell. Terry, welcome to the show. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, Scoot. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Yeah, the best thing to do when you go to Thanksgiving, don't worry about cooking anything. Just go take a, a cruise out on the wall and for four days and do, don't have to worry about nothing. Well, that's that's true. I have a feeling they'll have a turkey on the ship as well. Yeah. But anyway, this, you said talk about politics at, at dinner table, I mean Thanksgiving table. Another thing you don't want to talk about is sports because everybody's got an opinion, and it ain't, 90% of the time it's not yours. Like you argue about uh uh, Tom Tom Brady against Drew Brees. Who was a better quarterback? Well, I'm a Tom Brady fan. Drew Brees. You can't change their mind. You can't change my mind. When LSU and Tulane used to have the wheelbarrow races, you couldn't change people. Oh yeah, Tulane's got this record, but hey, they don't play nobody. They only play one team in the Power Five. That was Ole Miss. They got beat. They got a better team than LSU. Well, they got to. You know, they'll never find out. That's one thing about you talking uh, politics, religion, and sports. Because everybody but, knows got the opinion. Think about it. You got your opinion. You think Drew Brees is probably better than Tom Brady, right? No, I don't no, think Drew Brees is necessarily. I don't think Drew Brees is necessarily better yeah, than Tom I, Tom Brady. The Saints fans 
thought, you know, that's the, you know, bad boy. Well, that's okay. And, okay. You know, but Terry, here's the thing that I think is different about sports. Sports is not sports is it's it's a game. It's um, it's a game that's that's played, and 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 as much as uh, the the passion can be part of the debate over quarterbacks or, or whatever, uh, it's still just a, a game, and it's it's to me it's not ever as intense as as politics. Because well, of that. I have to disagree. I have to disagree with you. When LSU and Tulane used to play in the wheelbarrow race, it was life or death. You tell an Alabama and an Auburn fan that it's not life or death. <laughs> I mean, ask the guy who killed all the trees in 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 in, uh, in Auburn, Alabama, because it wasn't. I mean, it, and this diff, different for some people, but you're talking about certain teams in the Southeastern Conference, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. You think they like each other? No, they 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 hate each other. But I I I, 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 Terry, I just I still think the hate that surrounds sports conversations is a little different than the hate that that surrounds the conversations about politics. I mean, we can disagree on that. Well, we can because actually Alabama, two women in Alabama, two sisters, one sister got mad because the other sister didn't get uh, more upset that Alabama lost LSU. She shot her. Well, okay. I, I, there are people who are kind of uh, kind of nutty. And I, I, I'm sorry, Scoop, but you have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. But, hey, I ain't got to worry about cooking or nothing. I'm just going on a cruise, sit there, drink, and have right. a good time and come back on Monday. All right, Terry, have a good time. Yeah, and don't jump off the uh, the ship. Apparently, if you want to, you can. Don't, don't, don't do that. You know, I just, again, I think the conversation about politics just gets to be a little dirtier than the conversations in general about about sports. The passion is as, as high. And it's great. I mean, like LSU, Alabama, you know, the, the, the passion of the uh, the intensity of the, the the dialogue and the debate is uh, is intense, but uh, as is as intense as uh, as politics. But I just think it's um, I just think it's a little different. All right. If you want to join us with a comment, the Okinawa Jewelers Talk and Text Line is 504-260-1870. Okay, so it was announced by Jazz Fest that the Rolling Stones are going to have their own day Thursday, May the 2nd. The Stones also this week announced their 2024 North American tour. The Rolling Stones Hackney Diamonds Tour, which is the name of their new album, and they've got some good stuff on the new album. And I've talked about how impressed I am with some of their, their new stuff. The Rolling Stones 2024 tour in North America is being sponsored by AARP. That's not a joke. Are you serious? AARP, the retirement organization dedicated to empowering Americans 50 and older to choose how to live as they age, how to live life as they age. The AARP is sponsoring the Stones tour. Now, look, you got to go back to the beginning of all of this. The, the young generation back in the 60s that thought youth was everything. And you've got the Rolling Stones. Mick Jagger just turned 80 and their tour sponsored by AARP. I'm Scoot. We'll be back on WWL. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs> But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Thanksgiving is about, it's about home. It's about going home. It's about opening your home. But I I remind those of you, and I've talked about this a couple of times, I, I remind those of you who are in a new situation, maybe a temporary situation, you're not, or maybe you're just not home. Maybe you're away from whatever is home to you. I remind you that you make home wherever you are, that you can find home within yourself. And just make sure that you realize that that's home. Being comfortable with yourself and being who you are, that's being home for the holidays. It was 60 years ago today, November 22nd, 1963, that President John F. Kennedy was shot and killed during a motorcade through downtown Dallas. And the assassination of a sitting president was just simply incomprehensible at the time. Sadly, it's more comprehensible today. It just seems like it would be more possible today than in in the past. When this happened, it was shocking. Let's set the stage here. A year before Kennedy was assassinated, in October of 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis brought Americans to the threshold of nuclear war with Russia. For those of you who are younger and concerned about terrorism today, so anyway, uh, you're worried about terrorism today, and, and, and you should be. But there was an entire generation that was concerned about, about terrorism from the Soviet Union, like a nuclear war, like we were all going to be blown up. Terrorism today, as bad as it is, it didn't include as many people dying. President Kennedy took a staunch position and tested the will of the Russians, and they blinked and backed down. The talk of nuclear war was prominent across America, and students like me regularly went through emergency drills in school in the event the Russians did drop a nuke on America. A few families in my neighborhood installed bomb shelters in their backyards in case of a nuclear attack. This was something that defined the baby boomer generation at the time. Now, an open dialogue about um, two top news stories between adults and kids. Open dialogues did not exist back then. Parents were not talking to their kids about the news. They assumed that kids were kids and parents talked about the, the news and they assumed we were not listening. But we were. We were very aware of what was going on. And so here the president of the United States is killed. And I remember I was in school. I was in class. And the vice principal came to our class. And he said, he was very solemn. And he said, "Um, I just want to let you know. I mean, he didn't even announce it. He just said, I I want to let you know we're, we're letting school out early today. Something very, very bad has happened. And you'll hear about it when you get home. So we all go home and we find out that the president of the United States was killed 
Many of us were really young, but we knew something was wrong. Something was really, really wrong. And I feel like, at least on a subconscious level, this is the moment that my generation, the boomers, lost faith and confidence in the establishment. If the president of the United States, the leader of the establishment, could be just killed in public like that, randomly killed in public, then how safe were we? And I think on a subconscious level, this, this idea was, was set that, you know, we don't trust the establishment anymore. And as I look back and I've, I've gained a, a better understanding of this collective impact of the Kennedy assassination on a young generation during those impressionable coming of, of age years, today's baby boomers were raised by an establishment that um, didn't think we, we were aware of it. But we knew something had happened. Something bad had happened. So upon the foundation of subconscious insecurity, the assassination of the president of the United States, this sent an unnoticed shockwave through an entire young generation. This was the day a young generation unknowingly lost faith in the establishment. And that sparked a powerful urge to rebel against the establishment. Less than three months after Kennedy was assassinated, the Beatles arrived in America with a sound and a style that defied the establishment, their parents. As a young generation, we were vulnerable to uh, ad- adopting a new image, a new attitude that challenged the establishment. And the Beatles, just with this new sound and new look, and the whole British invasion of the 60s, this provided the imagery for us to adopt and to be different from our parents. We were different physically and emotionally. So every year when the anniversary of Kennedy's assassination comes up, I can't help but think back on how significant that day was to a young boomer generation that was affected beyond their own consciousness at the time. And today the boomer generation and generations that followed are much more likely to talk to their kids about news stories that penetrate through social media and and other means and become an integral part of our lives. The open approach to talking to children uh, about big news stories is um, a subtle admission that the boomer generation was greatly impacted by the assassination of Kennedy. And they do not want to leave their kids struggling alone. So we have talked to our kids. This day, November 22nd, was the day that we all remember as the day a sitting president was assassinated. It's also the day that I think we recognize as the day the anti-establishment generation of the 60s was born. And now 60 years later, that wild, rebellious rock generation from the 60s are the establishment. And a band that represented us, the Rolling Stones, a band that was part of that British invasion of the 60s, is on tour, and as I just mentioned, is being sponsored. The tour is being sponsored by the AARP. And I just think this is a significant day. We, we may not have realized it at the time, but it wasn't that the Beatles caused the rebellion. It wasn't that the 60s music, the, the British invasion, caused a young rebellious generation to be the way they were. A young generation was, was unsettled, and a young generation was looking for ways to rebel against the establishment, their parents' generation. And I think the Beatles just happened to come along at the right time. If you want to join us with a comment this afternoon, the Okinawa Jewelers Talk and Text Line is 504-260-1870. I'm screwed on the air. It's the day before 
Thanksgiving. And we'll be right back on WWL. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great day planned for tomorrow. And look, l- let me also um, mention this. If if you're having a really down year, if this Thanksgiving, for whatever reason, is, is, is sad for you, you're not alone. But I will tell you this. I've been through some sad Thanksgivings. And I can tell you that if you just, if you stay in there, if you hang in there and you keep trying and you have faith in yourself and faith in life in general, you'll get beyond whatever it is that you're going through. And you will again have a great Thanksgiving. But I, I hope you find a way to make tomorrow just a, a fun day. And, and a fun day to give thanks. Give thanks for what you have. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we don't have. But there's a lot of stuff we do have that we often take for granted. And, you know, this, um, this time of year might be a good time of year to talk about what Americans have to be thankful for. I mean, you listen to the news and you listen to people who call in this show time so, sometimes and you, you think, we've got nothing to be thankful for. But I think we do have things to be thankful for. So, do, I mean, do Americans have anything to be thankful for? We can talk about that as well. So 60 years ago today, Kennedy uh, was shot and killed. He's riding in an open car in a parade in Dallas. And listeners to a Dallas radio station got an early idea of what had happened. This reporter was on the motorcade route. We understand there has been a shooting. A presidential car coming up now. We know it's the presidential car. You see Mrs. Kennedy's pink suit. There's a Secret Service man, spread eagle, over the top of the car. We understand Governor and Mrs. Connolly are in the car with President and Mrs. Kennedy. We can't see who has been hit, if anybody's been hit, but apparently something is wrong here. Something is terribly wrong. And this man was a witness. He saw the shooting unfold and told CBS News what he saw. The first shot rang out, and I was positive when I saw the look on his face and saw him grab his chest and saw the reaction of his wife that he had been shot. And this was the moment. This was the moment. Uh, There was no live television back then. There were no cable news channels, so this was not on, on TV live. But this is the moment that CBS News legend Walter Cronkite told an anxious nation the president of the United States was dead. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. It was a shock. It was just incomprehensible that this would, would ever happen. And it did happen. A lot of theories about it. There are aspects of the assassination that are tied to, to New Orleans and Clay Shaw, and Lee Harvey Oswald, the man who apparently shot Kennedy. Uh, he had ties to, to New Orleans. Um, he had ties with Russia. And so a lot of conspiracy theories. Uh, did, the, did this guy do it alone? Uh, it's kind of hard to believe that he, he did it alone, um, but we don't know for sure. While Jackie Kennedy was, was watching, she was the first lady, Vice President Lyndon Johnson took the oath of office as president aboard Air Force One as they were flying back to Washington. I do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute 
Imagine that. The president is shot and killed. And the vice president is taking the oath of office on board Air Force One heading back to D.C. It's, it's a moment worth remembering. And as bad as things are today, they could be worse. And we'll get through whatever it is that we're, we're going through now. I, I didn't want to bum anybody out the day before Thanksgiving and I, big party night tonight, I know. But I, I, I just think it's, it's responsible of us to remember certain aspects of history. And my parents were, um, my dad was hardcore Republican. He did not like Kennedy at all. But I also knew that he was just uh, shocked and saddened by the, the, the assassination of the, of the president. And that was um, 60 years ago today. I mean, if you think about it, it really wasn't, wasn't that long ago. If you want to join us with a comment, the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line is 504-260-1870. All right, so we're also talking about a cranberry sauce. Uh, which is better, homemade cranberry sauce or the cranberry sauce out of the can? I'm for cranberry sauce out of the can every day of the week. Ian's got some text messages. I don't even know who you are anymore. Here's a text that says, have you guys ever had a yellow squash pie? No. Get that off of my table. I don't even want to look at it. No, but wait a minute. What? Um, pumpkin pie. Pumpkin is like a, it's, isn't pumpkin part of the squash family? Yes. It's like a gourd. Yeah. So yellow squash pie you put in the same ingredients, it might be very similar to pumpkin pie. All right. If we're talking about like the taxonomy of squashes and pumpkins, yeah, it's similar, but the flavor is completely different. The texture is complete. I can't eat yellow squash. I don't want to get within 10 feet of yellow squash. You okay, make a whole a dessert pie out of that, we're going to have a real problem. I love yellow squash. Oh, my God. Salt and pepper on, a little butter. Scoot love on here. yellow oh. squash. But wait a minute. Oh. When's the last time you had pumpkin prepared like squash? I mean, how do we even know what pumpkin tastes like? I mean, I, I, I mean, I thought about this during the the holiday season or the Halloween season and I thought about wait a minute has anybody ever cooked a pumpkin like like uh, a squash or like you know a pumpkin's a gourd right like with Is cinnamon and butter and stuff well or, or not with cinnamon or, just you know cooked it like you would you cook go, squash yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about cooked squash can we move on okay I God, hate I squash, squash man. I love squash God, I hate squash okay, so much squash or zucchini oh Cyanide. Honestly, I can't. This the worst. My two least favorite vegetables. Really? I will not eat them. Love them both. I'm, I'm, not, them I'm both. not a picky eater I'm, at all, but I was forced to eat so much crummy yellow squash and mushy zucchini as a young man. I can't even just thinking about it. Maybe it just jibbles. wasn't prepared properly because I'm waiting for the day when Hubig's pie comes out with a yellow squash <laughs> Hubig pie. <laughs> it could be bah, delicious. Bah. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, mm, uh, a bunch of people are texting in about Hall and Oates. Here's one that says, why would Daryl Hall and John Oates have the same dressing room? They're not Siamese twins or a married couple. Two grown men having their own dressing rooms is far from strange or odd. Do you and Ian share a dressing room and or a toilet? No. No. I get that. But there's more to it than that. I mean, I, I was there and I could just tell that there was tension. 
And so, you know, you're right. Having a separate dressing room, it just seemed to me that it was part of a bigger problem. And look, there are dressing rooms plenty big enough for bands. I mean, the members of KISS, they were all backstage in one area. They didn't have all, they didn't all have separate dressing rooms. I mean, maybe in some situations they do. But, I mean, it's a little bit unusual for a, a band that is a, such a close duo in, in the minds of the public, like Hall Notes, to have separate dressing rooms. And again, I was reading their body language, and again, it just it's like they didn't even want to talk to each other. They didn't want to even acknowledge each other before they went on stage because the only thing they had in common was going on stage, which, again, I understand. I, I was just a little surprised and uh, saw that as something relatively new in their relationship. Uh, two more quick ones. This text says, I could just picture Scoot and Hall Notes sitting down at Brennan's in the 80s on that one day. <laughs> Three cans of hairspray were used for one meal. LOL. The bigger the hair, the better. The egos, I guess. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you guys kept Aquanet in business that year. Yeah, boy, there was some big hair at that table. And I'll leave you with this one. I guess Holland Notes need to learn to get along. Some adult education is in order. One of my favorite songs by Hollow Notes, too. <laughs> they say private eyes seem to... Yeah, I, guess I like that. I like that. They don't see private eye to eye on some issues. I guess... Uh, mm, I got you. I guess not. All right. All right. On the uh, Scoot on the Air Rock Culture calendar, on this day in 1968 in Ireland, Mary Ann Faithful, heavily addicted to cocaine, miscarried her second child. Now, this was a song that she did. This was a, a hit by Mary Ann Faithful. I'm sure you'll recognize it. Song is As Tears Go By, and Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones did this song as well. I mean, they they wrote the song. I think the Rolling Stones wrote it. Anyway, they, the Rolling Stones had a big hit on this, but so did Mary Ann Faithful. But here's what's interesting about Mary Ann Faithful having a miscarriage on this day in 1968. The child was fathered by her boyfriend, Mick Jagger. I'm Scoot. We'll be back on WWL. Today is referred to as Green Wednesday. Why is it Green Wednesday? It has nothing to do with a turn of green, so we'll talk about that coming up in the next hour. Also, we, we've got to show some sympathy for uh, Falcons fans as we watch the Saints-Falcons game this uh, weekend. You know, a lot of people are just uh, critical of the Falcons fans and just hate the idea that they're, you know, kids are exposed to Falcons fans on television, but they'll be there in the audience at the game. And a teenager alleges sexual assault at a family-friendly nudist colony. We'll oh, talk no. Ab- we'll talk about that. And what could possibly go wrong? Song sound familiar to many of you? This is a, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. I never could watch Charlie Brown, Brown because in, when I was growing up, I was Charlie Brown. And I really, I, could, I, I couldn't watch. It was just, it was too... A little too close to home. It, huh? Yep, it really was. And I know so many people just love Charlie Brown. That's cool, but I couldn't watch it. I'm Scoot on the air. Happy Thanksgiving, and we will be back to uh, wrap up this uh, free-for-all Wednesday next on WWL. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.